Welcome to the first of these very special bonus episodes of the KBB Review podcast, all about the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2023. Between now and the big day in April, we'll be meeting the judges, the finalists and the organisers that make up the biggest event in the KBB industry this year. And in fact, judging is still going on as I speak. The business category judges are out on the road, visiting all the finalists in person. And next week we have the design judging days, where finalists present their projects to the design judges. So it's all warming up rather nicely as we approach the event itself, which is in Cardiff on Thursday, April the 20th. And if you haven't booked your tickets yet, then you are risking missing out on being in the room with hundreds of the industry's biggest brands, retailers, designers and influencers. But you can rectify that right now by going to kbbreview.com forward slash awards. All the info you need is there and you can book your places too. And I'll put that link in the episode description. Now, we're kicking off this special awards series with a very special interview. We're talking to Richard Sloan, the CEO of Summers Bathrooms, who are our 2023 awards podcast partner. They're a hugely successful company over in Ireland, and they've just launched themselves into the UK with their stylish and high-quality range of products. So we'll find out all about their plans from Richard, and you can find out more about becoming a Summers Bathroom retailer by going to summersbathrooms.com. Again, I'll put that link in the episode description. So it's a very warm welcome to Richard Sloan, the CEO of Sonus Bathrooms. Hello, Richard. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? I'm very, very well. Thank you. It's great to have you on board for the awards this year. Thank you so much for your support. Are you looking forward to Cardiff in April? I am, I have to say. I actually attended the awards back in 2022 and had a great night. I actually really enjoyed it. So very much looking forward to attending now this year in Cardiff. And we're obviously going to have some sponsorship involvement with you guys as well, which is great. Naturally, as we move into the UK proper, we want to probably raise the profile for, for some of us and for retailers to, to find out a bit more and get to know us. So yeah, really looking forward to the awards. See it as a great networking opportunity and just a good night of fun as well. I couldn't have summed it up better myself. Now, look, let's find out a bit more about Sonus Bathrooms for those that might be unfamiliar with you, because it, it really is such an interesting story. You've been around for a very long time in Ireland, but the last few years have seen some massive changes for you, which have culminated, as you say, in your launch into the UK. So let's start with the background. Give us the overview of Sonus. How would you describe it to those who are unfamiliar with you? So a very brief history, business was set up in 1978 by one man and he kind of operated as an agent for many years. And then the business evolved into what you kind of more traditionally know as a distributor selling other branded products. And then from around 2015 on, we really accelerated a journey that we had started back in kind of 2009 of developing our own branded products under the Sunnis brand. I suppose that business model has evolved quite a lot. So I would best describe Sunnis now as an acetate manufacturing brand of bathroom products. So everything we make now and, and provide is under our own design, under our own range names. Yeah, so the business has really evolved over those 45 years, but particularly in the last decade. So it's been a real success story in Ireland, I have to say. So we employ almost 100 people now, and 2022 was a, was a new threshold for us. So we reached a new milestone of sales of 50 million in the Irish market, which is a pretty small market in comparative terms to the, to the UK. So we're about 10% the size of the UK market. So we, we've really grown the business over those years, and there's been lots of changes, as you've said, particularly in the last few years involving management buyouts and stuff like that. But I've been involved in the company myself for nearly 20 years now. I've seen a lot of change, a lot of evolution over those years, but all good stuff, I have to say, and really exciting times for the business. 
that is obviously a very considerable business. How many retailers do you supply? So we'd have approximately 400 outlets across the island of Ireland. So that's including Northern Ireland. And they would be a mix of independent retail showrooms and also some of the multiples and some of the buying groups and stuff like that. So yeah, we'd be a, probably a key partner for most of the, the merchants and, and retailers in Ireland. That is a very big operation. Now, as you say, you're 45 years old, I think. This year must be 45. God, that's quite good mental maths for me. Nearly as old as myself. (laughs) But in 2021, you had a management buyout, as you said. Now, most people in 2021 were on furlough and sitting in their garden in the sunshine. (laughs) Uh, But clearly, clearly you you were doing some very significant things there. What was the trigger for that management buyout? And, And it does seem to have given you a whole new lease of life, really. Yeah, it's probably an interesting story insofar as that the business received private equity investment at the end of 2017, going into 2018. And I suppose like most private equity investors, for anyone who's ever been in that space, there's usually an investment window of about three to five years. So despite COVID and despite what was going on with COVID, key shareholders in the business were looking to make an exit. And we actually went through a process and there was a number of interested parties, both trade and private equity, who looked at the business. But myself and my colleagues, Darren, who's our CFO, and and Jer Fahey, who's our commercial officer who looks after all our product development, we just had a lot of legs left in us, if I'm honest, and a lot of ambition. And the UK was a project that we had looked at pre-COVID. We looked at a couple of different opportunities which hadn't come to pass so we had a a burning ambition that we really wanted to kick the business on and and take it forward so we kind of felt you know what we'd like to do this ourselves so we had some conversations with the advisors and we spoke with the the major shareholders and then we came to an arrangement where they actually backed us and they they rolled some some equity over again to help us and uh, to bridge the gap and uh, we raised the finance, raised the funding, and we kicked on and completed management bio. So management now control the majority share of the business, but overall board composition, you know, there's still some familiar faces sitting around the table. So it's quite an interesting dynamic, actually. And it's a good story and probably a, a story for maybe other companies listening in to say, you know, there are opportunities for succession within businesses and management teams, you know, who want to drive on and, and want to kick business on. Yeah, I always think management buyouts are so interesting because they just demonstrate such ambition and, and such commitment to, to the brands and the company that you work for and the team of people that are there as well. It shows real confidence in the entire setup to, to put your own money where your mouth is. It does. And I'll tell you, it actually has, you know, even for this, you know, the team of people who work in Sunnis, and as I said, we've like 95 staff now, so nearly 100 employees in the business. And even for, for the team as a whole, it gave those guys great reassurance and great confidence that the management who are leading the business with, with the support and help from, from all of those colleagues, it gives them great confidence, you know, that we see so much in the business to take it forward. And, and particularly with the, the expansion into the UK, it's another milestone for the business. And I suppose that kind of keeps it very fresh as well. So for myself, like I've been, as I said, 20 years this year would be my anniversary. I joined the business as a sales guy. So I, I've come through the business. I've kind of, I, I've seen it from the customer point of view, from the sales guy's point of view. And it'd be a very sales driven business and a, and a real customer focused mentality within the business. And that probably comes from just, I suppose, my own sense of what's needed to make things work for customers. And, and obviously I'm supported by some fantastic people within the business across many different areas, many different functions now. And that mentality of putting the customer first probably i've been there i've done it but it's kept it really fresh because the the company has kept evolving and the model has evolved it's kept it really fresh and interesting for myself as well so still feel extremely committed to it as you say the biggest uh, move here is this launch into the uk so look the obvious question is why now 
I mean, I know you've had the management buyouts and everything, but why now? Why is the UK so appealing to you right now? Yeah, well, look, I suppose, truthfully, we, we will have looked at the UK probably back in 2019. And as I said to you, a couple of things we, we could have explored and didn't come to pass. And then COVID happened, which naturally took everybody by surprise. And we all had to get to grips with that. And, and I have to say, the business was very resilient and we adapted very well. And then the management buyout came on the back of that process we went through. So now is the right time. And why not now? We're really, I feel we're, we're really well placed and well positioned, particularly with the product development piece. You know, we've had a lot of vitality in the last few years around new product development. And I just think the product offering that we have is really strong. I think just our own ambition, our own mindset and our capacity is there. And that's a really important piece as well, because as a management team, if you don't have the capacity and the bandwidth to do stuff, it's probably not a good time to do it, but we certainly do. Now is the right time for us. And, and I know there's probably a few kind of things kicking around economically and at a macro level, which is probably a bit more challenging, but I don't see that as being a, a blocker for us because you know we're coming into a new market with basically zero position. So it's all about just organically growing that over a period of time. I think it's really interesting that around the time you had that management buyout, I mean, it must have only been within months of the official leaving date for Brexit, which is obviously the end of uh, December 2020. Was that a factor in all this? Because clearly the UK is a huge export market for Ireland, obviously, but that was made easier if we were all part of the EU. And now there's so much uncertainty around the status of Northern Ireland in particular. Is that a factor in all this? Or is it a case of, look, it's just another thing that you have to deal with? Look, I prefer that it didn't exist, if the truth be told. It does add complication. It adds costs, like, from a duty point of view, the customs clearance point of view, like they're probably some of the obvious challenges. But like all of us in the last few years, we've had some very unforeseen obstacles and challenges come our way. You just have to adapt. There are things that you can't control, but you can adapt and you can control how you respond to these issues. I think one of the other reasons as well, we've grown the business very successfully in Ireland, but it's a relatively small marketplace and we're fully reliant on one economy. So I suppose in order for business to thrive and continue to thrive, I think it's important that we spread our wings geographically. So there's probably a number of things that have aligned, you know, timing-wise and factor-wise that now is the right time. Realistically, what, what do you think the potential for the company is here? I mean, you know, the UK is a big market, but it's a very competitive one. What's the potential here for you, do you think? Ultimately, Andrew, we would like to have a replica business in the UK of what we have in Ireland. That's ultimately the goal. And I actually do believe that that's achievable. It's a big, big market, unique dynamics, very different to the Irish market, you know, an awful lot of competition. But then there's no clear leaders because of that. And there's quite a lot of differences in terms of, you know, just fragmentation regionally across different channels. So we, we've a lot to learn about the market as well. Don't take anything for granted. I'd very much be a person who'd always respect competition. And I think there's a lot of really great brands and suppliers already operating in the space. But at the same time, that market fragmentation and those dynamics actually present opportunity. I think, you know, the whole experience of lockdown and the whole more, more specifically, the post-lockdown period of supply chain issues and enormous boom in the market has made retailers, I think, much more open to, to considering new new suppliers and new brands in a way that maybe they might not have before. I think they are for sure because everyone had those challenges, and we, and we weren't we weren't insulated from the meter. Like we'd be pretty famous for availability, and I mean, first time order fulfillment, our metrics at line level run at ninety six percent currently. Pre COVID, we would have been ninety seven, ninety eight, but during COVID, like it was down. 90%, 88% at one stage, which was absolutely 
really challenging. And everybody was in that position because of the disruption within the supply chain and congestion at ports and delays. But we're out the other side of that now. But I think the mentality of, of the industry, I think you're dead right. I think people are open. I think people are always open to looking at something fresh and something new. And that's just the curiosity because while the consumers who are coming in through the, the retail showrooms are only doing the bathroom once every 10 or 15 years, the rest of us, poor fellas, we're, we're, we're doing it every day, right? So I think we all like something new and something fresh and vitality is really important, not just in products that we develop, but also people coming into the business and new suppliers. And the change is, is constant really, isn't it? And people want to listen and they have been listening to us already, I have to say. Yeah, we've had a great response. Well, look, Richard, thank you for your time today. I mean, it's always really interesting to hear from new brands in the market, especially ones with the provenance that yours has in, in, you know, in your home territory. Thank you again for your support at the awards this year, and I will see you at the event in Cardiff in April. Look forward to it. Huge thanks to Richard for his time and to Sonus Bathrooms for their support in making these special awards podcasts possible. In the next episode, we'll be hearing from the design judges at the design presentation days, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Don't forget that the venue we're using this year means places are very limited, so if you haven't booked your seats or tables yet, then I really do advise getting it done as soon as you can so you don't miss out. It's in Cardiff on Thursday, April the 20th, and if you go to kvbreview.com forward slash awards, you can get all the details and book your places. I'll see you next time.